Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Jason Bailey. And uh, across the microphone slash across the country from me, Michael Hall. Uh, this is not an episode. I want to put that right up front. This is where we are still on a, a hiatus of indefinite length. Uh, we will hopefully be back with more, but, uh, but I can't tell you when or how that will be. But, but we did a kind of cool thing and we wanted to, sh- to tell you about it and play you a little bit of it and hope that you would want to check it out. Uh, so this is purely promotional uh, bonus episode time. <laughs> Um, but here's the thing. There's a movie called Born to Win. And uh, it was just, or it is about to be, I should say. It, it, yeah, it is. It's still in pre-order mode. But it'll be out at the end of the month. Uh, ships around a street date of April 26th. Uh, and Born to Win is just one of the sort of unsung gems of early 70s New York movies. The When you really think of that period of the sort of, you know, uh, grimy street level, you know, uh, dirty old New York. Born to Win is one of those movies, but it's not a movie that is sort of acknowledged as such, partly because for such a long time, it has been simultaneously very easy and very hard to see. Um, and what I mean by that is for, for reasons that in all of my research, I never quite ascertained. Um, not long after it was released, Born to Win fell into the public domain. So it has been a mainstay for decades of bargain VHS and DVD bins, um, but always in a really kind of a garbage, you know, third generation looking transfer. It's never been properly cared for on home video, probably because, you know, rights owners and, you know, people who might license it felt like, well, if people can see it for free, you know, on YouTube or archive.org or, you know, in a, in a cheapo DVD, then they're not going to pony up for a good one, but luckily, um, well, let's just say this. Um, There's a company called uh, Fun City Editions, um, which I first heard about about a year ago when the book was about to come out. And of course I was immediately suspicious. And what the hell is this about, you know? Um, (laughs) But it turns out it's it's a boutique Blu-ray company. Uh, It's the baby of a, a really great dude named Jonathan Hertzberg who just shares a lot of our interests, you know, and pulled the name from the same place we did, from the, the John Lindsay quote that sort of became a, uh, uh, a motto, rallying cry, ironic commentary of New York in the 70s. Um, and Fun City Editions puts out, you know, a, a, a new release every month or two with great care, beautiful restorations, lots of bonus features. Uh, some of them have been Fun City movies. Alphabet City was their first release. They put out a great movie. Uh, called Jeremy, which, uh, you know, I recommend, but uh, they're new, they, they took the plunge and licensed uh, Born to Win and did a, did, treated it the way it deserved to be treated, gave it a really nice restoration. Uh, it's a beautiful Blu-ray edition. Uh, Mike, actually, you can't see us because, you know, but we're on Zoom and Mike actually has it in his hand right now. Uh, with a, with Yeah, a, you got uh, yours, right? I sure did. Oh my god, dude, it's really nice. I mean, it's a good movie and everything, but this is a hell of a box. Yeah, yeah. No, they take they the the packaging on their editions is very nice as well, and they got a a beautiful slipcover on it, new illustration, really, really good. Um, so you know, Jonathan and I have sort of become friends, just supporting each other's work because I write this Blu-ray column for for the playlist and every Fun City release I've I've you know I've covered, I've given a rave because they just they haven't missed yet. 
and so he reached out to me at the end of last year and he said, Hey, we're putting out born to win. And like, just that much, I was excited. I was like, finally born to win's going to get a goddamn, you know, Blu-ray release worthy of it. Uh, but the next sentence was, would you want to do an audio commentary for it? And uh, I said, absolutely, because I'm a, I'm an audio commentary <laughs> G man. I've been, I, you know, I've, I, I learned much of what I know about movies first as a filmmaker and then as a critic, just from listening to audio commentaries. Um, but I'd never done one before. So I said, let me do it with Mike. Let me, let me have it as a conversation instead of a lecture and sort of try to replicate the vibe that we have on our conversation segments of the podcast and on our, our Patreon episodes. Um, and Mike was luckily for me, totally into it. Uh, and so we did this audio commentary, um, and had a, a great time. Um, and I'm, I think I'm really happy with how it came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, and it's like, you know, this is a, this is a, not an episode of our show. This is a promotional thing for this thing that we did. That's fun. And, and it's totally right. in our wheelhouse. Right. But right. like, just the way that they sort of understand and and sort of enjoy these movies in the same way that we do and, and yeah. sort of talk about them the same way. And I'm just going to give you one example, right? Which is the back of the box. They wrote up, you know, there's a write-up for the mm -hmm. movie and kind of what it's about and everything, you know. Um, and obviously they wrote it now. You know, it's it obviously they didn't just sort of pull it off the poster or whatever then. But the references they use for the actors... <laughs> Hector Elizondo is referenced as being in Taking of Pelham 123. Right. He Not did some woman. things after that, right? But like in yeah, Fun yeah, yeah. City editions, yes. he was in Pelham 123. Like yes. that to me is like one of those little kind of symbols of a thing that lets you yeah. know that they knew what they were doing. They did it right. They were taking care of it, you know. Yeah. 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 No, I got mine, you know. And it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It looks fantastic. Like we hadn't we were we were operating off of um uh, an earlier transfer, so I had we hadn't seen the 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 restoration that they they did for this, you know, but I mean they they treated it right. It's a it's a 2K restoration from, you know, the 35 millimeter interpositive. It looks fabulous. Our friend Justin Liberty, who who does a lot of work with the partner labels over there at Vinegar Syndrome, and their Fun City's one of the partner labels over there. Justin did a wonderful uh, essay for the booklet. Um, you can get the disc at VinegarSyndrome.com if you go over to Partner Labels, uh, that tab, and click down to Fun City Editions, or just the general Partner Labels page. It'll be up top because it's uh, a new release uh, again about April 26th. It was a thrill to pop it in and go to that special edition or that special features menu, man, and see our names on there. It was like, okay, <laughs> it's real. And to press the button and, you know, hear what we did. Uh, so we wanted it's to one thing to publish a, like a massive comprehensive history of New York <laughs> City movies to feel legitimate. But no, when you bring your name up on a commentary yeah. for Born to Win, that's when you yeah. know you're yeah. a real movie guy. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> And we had a good time doing it. It was a it was a chance to kind of do what we do in a different format because it's not the the commentary is kind of like an episode and kind of not. Um, we we did as much prep as we do for an episode. You know, we went through and we did like a you know I I made first of all just a, a rundown of the movie with time codes at at moments of interest and scene changes and things like that. Went to the library, did all the research, went through the clippings for for Siegel and the director, Yvonne Posser, and the movie itself, and w went through old reviews, which we read quotes from. And so we, we you know, sort of, we outlined it, we scripted a little bit of it, we off the cuffed it some, um, and it was a really enjoyable experience. So we felt like if you 
like this podcast enough to still be a subscriber, even though we haven't had a new episode since October, um, there's a good chance you might want to pick up this disc for the movie itself, if not even to hear our commentary. But we also wanted to share you with Jonathan's permission, just a little excerpt from that commentary, just to sort of give you a flavor of what it is. So we're going to play about five minutes of that right now. Um, they're really like, they're hitting all of the sort of early New York, you know, the sort of like things you need for your trailer. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of got, they got a lot of that stuff knocked out in the first six and a half, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Very impressive economical filmmaking. Yes, indeed. And here we have him out on the street and, uh, and uh, we're going to meet one of our other stars here in a moment. Uh, the lovely Karen Black who was really on the rise here. Uh, uh, she had Easy Rider in 69, Five Easy Pieces in 70, and then this in Cisco Pike in 71, which for me is a uh, uh, a pretty good run, a pretty good run of, of, of motion pictures there, I think. Pedigree on this movie, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, damn. There she is. There's Karen. God, I love Karen Black. I love, okay. Anyway, she comes. she comes on like a, fucking hurricane in this movie um so we should talk a little bit about the origins of 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 the script because um it was based on an off off broadway play uh but again by the screenwriter by david scott milton which was called scraping bottom and uh scraping bottom was also the film's original title and throughout production you know you've i found a few sort of uh notes in the uh, items in the paper about it being made around town always with that title scraping bottom um, in post-production, uh, UA changed it from scraping bottom to born to win, which I think is maybe the most diametrically opposed titling I've ever heard of. Like that is, you're really shifting your meaning when you go from scraping bottom to born to win. What, is there any indication why they did that? Um, I've not read anything confirmed like solid, but I think the theory was that, Panic and Needle Park, which again, we'll talk about more, came out the same year, was in production around the same time, had Pacino instead of De Niro, like, you know, um, and it was also a movie about uh, heroin addicts in New York City. Um, and it was well received um, and I think did some business, but I think there was a concern that like, you know, by being second to the marketplace, uh, it was going to sort of suffer in comparison. Hmm. And so what I've read, and again, not confirmed by any of the participating parties, was that they tried to sort of in the edit and in the marketing uh, reconfigure this as more of an up-tempo sort of thing, as more of a dark comedy uh, addiction drama rather than a straight-up depressing addiction drama like Panic and Needle Park is. And so Scraping Bottom is a pretty depressing title and Born to Win is a much more upbeat title. That's my best guess. Well, he's also, it's not exactly, you know, Panic and Needle Park feels a lot more like a scraping bottom kind of story, considering yes. their sort of economic situation, where exactly. they're living, what they're doing. You know, he's like sort of scamming this chick, but she, like she's obviously onto him right now. It's, oh, totally. It's a much different, the stakes feel much different yes. at this point in this movie. Yes. Um, and visually, it's just so much sort of less barrel scraping. 
bottom yes. screen thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. You know, then some of the other projects are coming out around the same time. Exactly. Uh, David Scott Milton was a playwright. Uh, he was an actor and a playwright at a, uh, an avant-garde theater called Theater Genesis in the 1960s, which is also where a very young Sam Shepard got his start. This was his first and last uh, produced theatrical feature. He did a little bit of TV work in addition to this, but this was his only screenplay credit for a feature film. Um, he later became a novelist and a teacher, and he died not long ago, just re uh, January of 2020, uh, he passed on. Um, but he based both that original play script and this screenplay on the addicts that he had observed while running a restaurant on 72nd Street, uh, right over there again by Needle Park. Um, and really, the, the, that play script, you know, Scraping Bottom was performed off-off Broadway, uh, a pretty short run, not terribly successful. It was just kind of the bare bones of an idea that became the movie. Um, and then once he sort of, but uh, Yvonne Posser saw it. He was in New York and he was looking for his first sort of American project. He saw that play and thought there might be something there. And so they together spent several months interviewing addicts and ex-addicts uh, at Phoenix House, which is a rehab organization that's still around uh, in 10 states. And uh, he was talking about it later. And uh, the, the, the writer, again, um, David Scott Milton, said... We've learned a lot about how these people exist, including the way they're pushed into crises and how they survive. That's from a New York Times article in January of 1970 about the project. Uh, in that same article, Passer said, I guess you could call it a drama about drug addicts and their rehabilitation on the surface, but it's more about the junkies and ex-junkies I've been meeting for quite some time now whose values are more real and stable than those of many other people I've met. I plan to use actual people I've run into while doing research for the film. They'll work with professional actors. And they did. Uh, that article anticipated a summer 1970 shoot. Uh, it didn't end up going until February of 1971, uh, which is good. I, for some reason, the, the cold feels more appropriate to the material, you know, and all this stuff of him sort of shivering out in his leather jacket and his scarf that feels feels right to me. He also is wearing that scarf, you know, a lot, which yes. is like wearing the hell out of that scarf. You can't yes, really he do is. That in July. You can't. Right, so that's just a little taste of uh of mike and my commentary for born to win from uh from fun city editions again you can uh pre-order that now uh through vinegar syndrome.com um it will also i must say be available vinegar syndrome usually uh in may does a halfway to black friday sale where they have deep discounts on a lot of their stuff which is great they'll have discounts on all of the previous fun city editions which I highly recommend both, you know, Alphabet City and um, uh, Jeremy, if you like New York movies, uh, there are editions of Smile and Rancho Deluxe if you just like good movies. Um, but, uh, but we're really, you know, I'm really flattered that Jonathan asked us to do this. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. So pick it up and maybe you'll like it, uh, I hope. Anyway, thank you for indulging our little uh, crass promotional <laughs> attempt here. And uh, until we see you again, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening. 
are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them. You know, I'm a very boring guy when I'm straight.